Hello, you're listening to Go Chuck Yourself. In this episode, Aaron and I are going to be discussing Chuck versus the Nacho Sampler. Uh, and in this episode, uh, Chuck makes a, uh, a new friend, if you will, uh, another another young man, another gentleman who is uh, of the of the nerdy variety. And we do we do talk about that in this episode. But I don't think that, you know, sometimes I feel like Aaron and I don't have our you know, we, we don't do a good job of explaining our nerd credentials and we are we are nerdy. It's not all, you know, glamour being the hosts of Go Chuck Yourself. Uh, I, for one, was just asking Aaron how she felt she was nerdy. And she said that she is being engulfed in uh, Animal Crossing, which I think, you know, I personally have not played it. I think that sounds like a pretty nerdy thing. Uh, I know you you go around, you live in a house and you send mail, I think, and there's a raccoon. I believe wearing an apron who tells you to do things that I the only time I saw Animal Crossing was probably roughly 20 years ago. So I don't really remember it, but uh, you send mail and that's something that I'm nerdy about. I'm nerdy about the post office. I don't know if I talk about this, but I think the post office is cool. It's an impressive uh, feat of of infrastructure. It's a great thing that we have in this country. Hopefully we still have the post office when you're listening to this. Don't know how the coronavirus is going to go. Uh, but I am nerdy about the post office so much so that Aaron's father, who used to work for the post office, got me an honorary uh, postman shirt, uh, which I display proudly. Can't really wear it, but I display it. And uh, in furthering our nerd credentials in this episode that you're about to hear, you're going to hear uh, Aaron's boyfriend be playing uh, Dungeons and Dragons over Skype in social distance fashion. Uh, occasionally, he's going to sound like he's in the background. It's not too distracting. Uh, it kind of just sounds like Aaron is in a, a web cafe at moments, but that's what's going on. It's just a, a nerdy good time all around. If you would like to reach out to us nerds, you can do that at our uh, our Gmail, which is go chuck yourself podcast at gmail.com. Or you can always tweet at us. Follow us on Twitter at go chuck podcast is the uh, is the handle for that. So without further ado. I hope you enjoy this episode of Go Chuck Yourself. Here we go. to chuck you well guess what that's what i'm about to do you're listening to go chuck yourself it is a podcast about the television program chuck which is a nickname for charles and that is today's episode thank you for tuning in make sure you like and subscribe we'll see you next week <laughs> bye-bye nope nope just kidding don't go don't go oh my god don't go please oh my don't, God, please come back. Please no, don't, don't leave us don't leave us uh, my, my name is chris gillespie i'm one of the hosts of this podcast please don't go my name is erin arada and uh don't leave me Please, there, we're 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 in the midst of some. We we need companionship, however we can get it. Uh, we do. Uh, season three, episode six of Chuck is what we're talking about today. Uh, that is Chuck versus the Nacho Sampler. Where do they come up with these titles? Am I right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, now, Aaron, I just I have to point this out. I have to mention it to the folks listening at home. But are you R. Kelly? Because you seem to be. Trapped in the closet <laughs> at the moment. Really, thank you for mentioning it. I really wanted to start this episode with a uh, live from my boyfriend's closet. It's Sunday afternoon. Uh, so, we, should, um, 
we should clarify that Aaron's not like in danger and this is not like <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm like, I'm okay. I haven't been kidnapped by the ring. I am currently recording in a closet. Um, we are currently, um, hopefully when this episode airs, this will no longer be the case, but who knows? Um, we are currently under quarantine and I happen to be at my boyfriend's house um, along with his roommate and his roommate's girlfriend. So there are limited uh, numbers, amounts of space for me to record. The My options were the bathroom floor, outside, or in this closet. So I chose the closet. Um, so I'm here, and this is where I am. And it's actually pretty comfortable. What do you, uh, give us an update. What are you, what are you seeing in the closet? <laughs> so... Um, Sometimes this says it's clobbering time. That's the yeah. For if you're listening, that is one of the thing from the Fantastic Four's fists. Yeah, just just one, and it has it, a little speaker, and it, that's what that horrible sound is. But when I was when I was getting set up in here, I did bump it, and it said it's clobbering time. So I was trying to make it ha- that happen again. Um, I, I, I have a. Does pencil. that mean your is your boyfriend going to be the thing in the MCU? Yes, yes, wow. uh, but I can't. You didn't hear oh, it from shit. me. It's okay, not yeah, been announced yeah. yet because, right. like, you know, like the Fantastic Four stuff is so weird with right, the Fox right, right. merger. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but yes, um, I have a my first Ticonderoga pencil, so it's like a thick number two pencil. Oh, that um, looks good. That oh, yeah, is it, that that is abnormally thick. I didn't realize yeah. that until you pointed it out. Yeah. No pun um, intended. Let's see. Got some hangers. Once again, this is a podcast about the television show Chuck. Picture oh. of a cat. I don't there's know a, what this is all about. Th- there's a laminated photograph of a cat on a sign, and there's also another laminated photo of it's Aaron's like I'm boyfriend. here. It's like they're in here with me. <laughs> that's nice. I'm gonna have to ask about that later. This is um, some yeah. real quality closet crap that's in here. This is very yeah, random. This is really I'm good. Glad. It's probably better than <laughs> if I was recording in my own closet. Or if you're recording in the bathroom. Although I will say, if you're recording in the bathroom. You could be using the toilet while you record. That's pretty a pretty sweet deal. <laughs> That's a very uh, Chris Gillespie move. Sometimes you just got to go. Um, yeah, I was kind of thinking more along the lines of like Kyle XY. Like I was thinking of like setting up um, like uh, pillows and blankets in the in the bathtub. I was thinking that might be comfortable. That's where Kyle XY slept. I don't know if you ever watched Kyle XY. No, I did not. And I thought okay. we had moved past the phase of this podcast where you keep referring to Kyle XY like it's something that people understand. People? have seen Kyle XY. It's the show where the guy doesn't have a belly button. That's all I, that people know about it. No one okay, knows anything further than that. I don't remember if we established this in one of the episodes where I did that, but I also have never seen Kyle XY. <laughs> so I, I know gonna, the two things in the commercial. I thought you were going to say that you, like Kyle XY, also don't have a belly button. <laughs> I am Kyle XY. Aaron, Aaron XY. XY. Pretty good. Hashtag season of Aaron XY. Season of Aaron XY. Well, now that we're caught up to speed on what is in the closet, Aaron, I hope you continue to uh, to be okay in the closet. Thank you. Yes. In there. Yeah. No, I'll, I should. I should be okay. Okay. Um, and also just just wanna just wanna add that we we don't support our Kelly here at Go Check Yourself. Chris just no. made a joke, but we don't support him, and he's very bad. Yeah. No. Uh, but we do support uh, chips. Like we do chips support that are chips. A nacho sampler. Aaron is about to eat a chip. I'm about I to know... because we were going to say the episode title, so I was going to take a little oh. bite. Okay. Uh, it wasn't because so I'm hungry. It, it was for the show. Well, I support that. You know, I support doing eating related bits on the show. I've already put uh, other weird sounds next to my microphone, so I figured might as well eat a chip. 
So right. this is a truck versus the nacho sampler, which is something I really wish I had. Unfortunately, I just have a sun chip, but uh, mm. I just shot that all over the closet. So that's great. Erin took a bite of the sun chip and it immediately fell out of her mouth. Yep. So uh, <laughs> to start, we've we've begun uh, our our episode, but the episode of Chuck begins with a flashback to three years earlier when Sarah first entered the Bymore and met Chuck. After a freeze frame on my dad's favorite scene, if you if you remember from our previous episode, it's the Vicky Vale scene. We're back in the present with Morgan and Chuck standing by the nerd her disc in the exact same positions, but with better hair. Morgan asks Chuck if it was love at first sight with Sarah, and we see the line of his sights is on Hannah, who is entering the store now in nerd her attire. I remember this, and I remember thinking it looks weird on her for some reason, but maybe it's just that she shouldn't have taken this job because it's crazy. I just have to say that uh, Hannah is, from last week, Hannah met Chuck on an airplane on a flight to yes, Paris yes, yes. in first class. And yes. she said that she had recently lost her job. And Chuck's like, oh, I could get you a job at the Buy More if you're ever in Burbank. And despite being like some kind of international travel, you know, like traveling to other countries and being this very successful IT consultant, Hannah's like, yeah, that sounds good. I'll do that. And now she works at the Buy More. Yes, because, I mean, the reason for this is presumably that she likes Chuck. Like, mm. that's the only reason, which is why it's weird. Like, <laughs> the uh, the economy is bad. Like, if this is the only job she could get and she has to rely on connections, like, that's fine. That's, I have no judgment of that at all. But, mm -hmm. like, the implication is that, oh, it's so sweet. She came to take his job. But I'm like, no, that's weird, Hannah. Thank you for explaining that. I didn't even make, I don't understand the uh, the way that women work so thank you for <laughs> explaining that she was there because she liked chuck because that just went over my head i was just like oh this, she just needs a she needs a job she needs she's, a job she's got ulterior motives so morgan completely boggles his in his own interaction with hannah but she doesn't seem phased because she has eyes only for chuck he tells her to stick with him and look out for the other employees who are all staring at her and or stroking boxes and stuff she agrees that the other employees are a bit creepy which is quite an understatement and we see this for ourselves when Lester tells Jeff, may the best stalker win. So I'm sure this will be a great respectful plot line for us to have. I wonder if part of Hannah's like new employee orientation is Chuck telling her about all the shit that Anna had to go through as the only female employee of the nerd herd. Yeah. And also, like, we haven't seen Bunny in a while. So this might be the only female employee in the whole store at this point. We get some awkwardness as Hannah brings up Chuck's Paris install and Chuck realizes that Hannah has some information that could get his cover blown. He asked her mm -hmm. to keep the trip between them, which is fine, but I wonder why it didn't come up in her interview, like when Morgan said, hi, Hannah, how did you know Chuck? And she's like, ah, oh, we met on the, pl the flight to Paris. Like, I don't, I don't know why this didn't come up beforehand. There's more awkwardness when Casey tells Chuck it's yogurt time and they both leave Hannah to the wolves. A fresh set of eyes in the store may be what's needed to confirm what we all know, that Chuck is a bad employee and is never doing his job. Where's Big Mike for all of this? We haven't seen him in a little while. Yeah. There's a lot of buy more stuff happening, and I'm There's... sure it's probably for budgetary reasons they were shrinking the cast in this season. But yes, I'd, I'd is... like to see a little bit of Big Mike around here. It would have been nice new, to see him. The new hire. Yeah. Hot off his first mission, Chuck receives a new assignment from Beckman. The ring just paid an MIT dropout named Manoush Deepak, and Beckman wants Chuck to develop him as an asset. They've manipulated Manoush into buying a new computer or CP or something at the Buy More, so Chuck has an opportunity to make contact. Sarah tells him developing an asset is harder than it looks, because you have to gain their trust knowing that you'll likely burn them. Casey advises Chuck to find the hole in Manoush's life and fill it. 
Privately, Sarah tells Casey she doesn't think Chuck is ready for an asset. And I'm wondering, like, what was Dominic Monaghan? Like, I know this is kind of like a different, a little bit of a different scenario, but like, he's interacted like solely with other people before. Like, it's a little different than an asset, but there was like Dominic Monaghan. There was like the guy at the beginning, like other people compared this to the, um, whatever his name was that like reprogrammed Chuck's car and was doing all that stuff. Like that was kind of mm. like the same vibe or even yeah. like Jeff, like Chuck had to develop Jeff as an asset one time, kind of like when Jeff had the, the Tom Sawyer knowledge. Yeah, that's all very true. This is not, I, they make it seem like an asset is going to be something that is a relationship developed over a long period of time. But as you're pointing out, like Chuck has had all these other things, all these missions involving other people that he's done and he's taken care of. Um, I should note here that Shaw is off on a covert mission. So he, like Big Mike, is also not in this episode. Um, Alan Seppenwall suggested that that might also be for budgetary reasons that they didn't want to pay for Brandon Brandon Routh if they didn't have to. It's probably Mm -hmm. the same for Mark Christopher Lawrence. So maybe that's why a lot of people aren't here. Maybe that's where Bunny is. They couldn't afford Bunny. That's that's why she's not there. When Chuck returns from Castle, Manoush is in the store talking to Hannah. Chuck fucks up big time by not only telling Hannah she's not ready to make a sale, burning that bridge, but also coming on really strong to Manoush. Manoush is initially pissed that Chuck ruined his chances with the hottie. Gross. Then he's weirded out when Chuck asks him about his eye color. Chuck ends up giving Manoush's card and telling him to just take the computer he's there to buy. Manoush runs out of the store and sets the alarms off. Looking on, Casey and Sarah agree that Chuck was not ready for an asset. In the episode recap, we saw some stuff about Devin's mission in the Operation Awesome episode, so I was nervous, thinking Devin's going to be in danger again. But so far, the only thing in danger is his marriage. Oh. Apparently, Devin's had some very understandable symptoms of PTSD since his kidnapping, and he's been struggling to relate them to Ellie. It's played for laughs, mostly because he's so bad at lying to her and keeps walking into things. But it is genuinely concerning when we learn that he's not sleeping or working out or doing any of the things that he loves and just lays around and watches TV. Mm -hmm. This must really suck for him. When Ellie tries to talk to him about it, he brushes her off. Also, Ellie says she found a claim ticket for Paris and Chuck's luggage, and that's alarming for Chuck's cover, but also, why was Ellie in Chuck's luggage? Like, they don't live in the same house anymore, so that's weird. Is she, like, doing his laundry? I was trying to wrap my head around that, because I was like, did they... I mean, it would be one thing if they had a scene of Chuck being like, here I am returning my, like, your suitcase to you, thank you for letting me borrow it on my trip, or something like that. Yeah. But... Or Ellie breaking into Chuck's apartment to go through his stuff because she's curious, yeah. but or there's like, no explanation for it. Yeah, like even if it was like she found it in the trash or something, like mm-hmm. it, it, may, it doesn't make any sense how she found that. She's just like, yeah, I found it in his luggage. And yeah, like, wait, what? No? Okay, okay, Ellie. Uh, back at the Bible, Chuck is interrupted from training Hannah yet again. He asks Morgan to keep her safe from Jeff and Lester, and Morgan pulls those two away into his office. We learn that Morgan takes the bleach and other cleaning supplies out of a janitor's closet every morning in order to have this office. He tells Jeff and Lester that their behavior with Hannah is completely inappropriate, not just in the workplace, but in general, and asks them to seriously consider their role in perpetuating rape culture and patriarchal norms. Just kidding. He tells them that he likes Hannah and asks them to lay off, but he requests that while they are laying off, they also stalk her in order to find out everything there is to know so he can have her for himself. So that's great. So much for me liking Morgan. <laughs> also, is it weird that the only two girls who have worked in the Bymore are named Anna and Hannah? <laughs> you know what the third one's going to be named? Uh, banana? Yep. Great. You took the There's banana a- right out of my mouth. <laughs> 
You There's took a kind the banana out of my mouth. Is that, is that a song? There's kind of a sweet scene in which Casey shows Chuck Manoush's file and they reflect on how similar he is to Chuck. Sarah takes the opportunity to tell Chuck that he needs to pull back a bit and make Manoush feel like he's, he's the one in control of the relationship. This leads them to reminisce about their first meeting. Chuck thinks he was such a loser for being so excited when she asked him out, but she says she liked how sweet and innocent he was, and that made things much harder. Before she can elaborate, they head to a bar on the Santa Monica Pier to intercept Manoush and foist Chuck upon him for a second time. So Chuck is sitting at this bar, which may or may not be on the Santa Monica Pier. He's reading Why the Last Man. Manoush sits down next to him and comments on his reading choices. Chuck plays it super cool as Manoush recognizes him, saying that the Buy More employees had a bet going to see who could get someone to steal something. I thought this was a pretty good explanation by Chuck, but Manoush yeah. was kind of kind of bypasses Chuck's role in that, saying he knew that the only reason someone like Hannah would talk to him was for a bet. He tries to order his usual, the nacho sampler from the episode's title, but Chuck bought the last one. Casey explains over an earpiece that the CIA stole all the guac out of the kitchen, which made me laugh out loud. Why? What? That's so weird. But uh, can they give it to me? This reminded me of last week, in which case we know we're trying to, uh, you know, punch up the spy strategy a little bit. Whereas, uh -huh. Like last week, they're like, oh, Chuck needs to go on this flight to retrieve this thing from the luggage. Uh -huh. And we had said, like, why don't they just go to the airport and intercept the package before it gets put on the plane? Uh -huh. In this case, I was like, why did they not just kidnap Manoush and force him to tell him like what he's doing? Why are they going through this whole coy? Like, they gotta steal Chuck, the guac. Chuck needs to go in. We gotta steal the guacamole. We gotta befriend him. We gotta lull him into a full sense of security. Like, you're just, it's a matter of national security. Just go grab him. <laughs> All right, well, we see where uh, Chris stands. Chuck offers some of his nachos to Manoush, and Manoush offers to buy Chuck a beer. So Chuck's got his in. Back at the Buy More, Lester and Jeff tell Morgan about Hannah's music and film habits, and Morgan concludes that she's out of his league. It's a really short bullet point, but he just we have to admit that it happened, unfortunately. This is where things start to get a little hairy for me. I guess maybe maybe more like continue to be a little hairy for me. But we see that Manoush and Chuck have about a dozen beer bottles in front of them, so they've been having a great night. Apparently they still haven't finished their nachos, though, which is maybe the most confusing part about this, because they're still eating them. And if they've had 12 beers, like, you haven't, if they've had time for that, but not the nachos, I would have eaten them in 12 minutes. It's a very basic equation. The number of beers that you consume is directly related to the amount of nachos you consume. Yes, exactly. As one goes up, the other one goes up. Yes. Uh, Chuck tells Manoush about dropping out of Stanford, and Manoush says the same thing happened to him with MIT, but he's got something big planned to make all the doubters sorry. And I get, like, it's, I, this isn't, this isn't a good look, really. I like, especially not now. Chuck asks what Manoush has planned, but they're interrupted by a phone call on a ring phone. Ooh. Casey traces the call and sees that the ring is tracking Manoush and they're only three miles away, which I guess means that the ring is coming to the bar. I like that was that was something that happens, but was not very clear that like Manoush was on the run. Like we like I didn't get that vibe, but apparently um, that's like they're coming to get him. But if they're three miles away and it's in downtown L.A., that still <laughs> yeah. means that they're roughly an hour and 45 yes. minutes out. So it's fine. <laughs> they have plenty of time. So, uh, yeah, with, with their ample amounts of time for the ring people who are in traffic, Casey decides to send Sarah into the bar to uh, do, do something. Back in the bar, Manoush says he's working on something's weapons related. He wants to tell Chuck more, but he can't. Then Sarah enters. She's wearing a crop top that says frack off. 
And I got really excited because I was thinking it was like an environmentalist statement, but I guess it's a uh, reference to Battlestar Galactica. Manoush is immediately smitten, and Chuck helps him invite Sarah to sit down next to them. Also, at this point, we get an exterior shot of the bar and learn that it's called Two and a Half Amigos. So that was, I liked that. Uh, The ring arrives in the parking lot at this time, so... Casey communicates this to Sarah and she immediately starts to make out with Manoush and then tranquilizes him in the neck. And I enjoyed the scene because it was interesting to see Chuck as an outside witness to Sarah, Sarah using her powers of seduction over nerdy men. She's obviously laying on a bit thicker than when she met Chuck, but it's the same kind of principle. It was amusing to see Chuck uh, not really be phased by her sexuality, but almost be more like annoyed by it or frustrated by it, but not because she's showing it to someone else, just because she's like using it, period thoughts yeah um it was definitely like i think a lot of this episode is kind of like chuck's now on the other side and like is kind Mm -hmm. of realizing like there's an element of awkwardness to like chuck knows that the same thing happened to him and so he's a little bit like oh i can't believe like manush is falling for this but also like he remembers when he when it completely worked on him so yeah it's kind of like it's it's an interesting dynamic to see Chuck react to it, I would say. So Manoush is unconscious and Chuck carries him away from the bar while Sarah grabs Manoush's briefcase that he has with him. The bartender seems concerned, but Chuck explains that Manoush just had too much to drink. As they scurry away, the ring operative approaches the, uh, the bar and one senior looking official says, I want him alive. <laughs> Chuck and Sarah sneak Manoush out the side door just in time to escape all of the ring operatives who are entering the restaurant. I hope the ring operatives, you know, now that they're there, they can just kind of like kick back and maybe have a few margaritas yeah. and enjoy being there. Two and, and a half in, amigos. They're in traffic for so long. You may as yeah. well get a they just The only thing it would suck if they got there and they were like, we were in traffic for so long. All we want is some guac. Just the CIA <laughs> got there first. Back in the spy van, Manoush is starting to wake up and Casey congratulates Sarah on a job well done. Or as he says, another geek bites the dust. And Chuck looks a little bothered by this. The, <laughs> The next morning, Manoush is laying in Sarah's bed, and she wakes him up by rubbing her foot down his face. They're yeah, both in their you know, underwear. that's the move. And Manoush is very confused. Sarah explains that Manoush must have forgot that they uh, they made sweet, sweet love the previous night, and that Manoush seduced her by talking about the secret project he was working on. She continues to kiss him, and Manoush, hoping to have a uh, sexual experience that he can remember, begins to tell Sarah that he's working on a weapon that's going to change everything. Manoush verbalizes this request, and uh, before he starts getting a bit too frisky, a hand with a gun pokes out of a wall and shoots a tranquilizer at Manoush. Manoush passes out, and Sarah pushes him off of her and walks into the closet. Oh, she's in a closet just like you. Yeah. Uh, Turns out it's not a closet, and that's not Sarah's bedroom, but it's a fake bedroom staged inside of Castle. (laughs) Why do they have that? Is that Uh, where Shaw's been living? (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was just Shaw's bedroom they're like oh <laughs> thank god he's not here we can just do this whole scene yeah in there. um <laughs> he had a very nice you know it was a nicely decorated room yeah it was tasteful chuck and casey are standing watching manoush through a two-way mirror uh one-way mirror two-way mirror chuck asks them how many tranquilizers a normal person can stand and sarah explains that they're just twilight tranquilizers that make people forget the past five minutes Wait, 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 twilight tranquilizers they yeah did do they make you do they make you like twilight well, yeah, Did they make they you mean, glitter? Did Stephanie yeah. Meyer invent them? I think so. Oh, okay, cool. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> uh, as it so happens, they've been recreating this scene multiple times for the past half hour. 
uh, bent on getting Manoush to spill his secrets. So they've just been pumping him full of tranquilizers and Sarah just keeps waking him up over and over again. But he's not he's not spilling the beans just yet. Um, the next time that Manoush wakes up, he decides to call his new BFF Chuck. I'm assuming he got Chuck's number from Chuck's business card that he gave him when they were at the Buy More. Manoush oh, tells yeah, him does that- Chuck's business card have his personal phone number? <laughs> That's weird. Manoush tells Chuck that he thinks that he slept with Sarah last night and then asks if Chuck saw a a briefcase at the Mexican restaurant. Manoush is concerned that it is missing because it has his life's work in it. Chuck assures him that he picked up the briefcase and Manoush tells him that he has a flight to catch and asks Chuck if he can meet him at the buy more in about a half hour. Chuck complies and then Manoush tries to leave the fake bedroom, but the door is locked because it's not actually a door. So Casey has to tranquilize him again. As Manoush returns to sleepy time land, Chuck, Sarah, and Casey rummage through his briefcase. There's a bunch of mundane personal items in there, as well as a mysterious triangle-shaped box. Chuck doesn't flash on it, and Casey is concerned that it could be a bomb, so he takes it away from Chuck for further examination. Sarah tells Chuck to go meet Manoush at the buy more, which I guess they're hoping that Manoush remembers to do, even though that was in the last five minutes. (laughs) And they tranquilized him. Yeah. So in theory, when he wakes up, he should not remember that he's supposed to meet Chuck at the buy more with, for the briefcase. In when I don't know. And also, how did he get out of Castle? Yeah. They, like, what did he think happened? Like, he just wakes up on the ground outside of the buy more and is <laughs> and like, like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, I was going here. Yeah. Uh, just waking up on the <laughs> the Los Angeles sidewalk or the Burbank sidewalk and be like, oh, yeah. Gotta go. we've, all, we've all been there. Chuck says that. He can't return the briefcase to Manoush without the triangle box inside of it because the ring will probably hurt Manoush if he doesn't have it. But Sarah, do- Sarah don't give a shit. And she tells Chuck that thinking about the actions you make as a spy makes them harder to do. Chuck returns to the buy more with the briefcase and finds Devin wearing a striking blue polo shirt that I certainly could not pull off. It really makes his piercing blue eyes pop. Devin tells Chuck that he's been freaking out. Devin says that Ellie found Chuck's suitcase from the Paris mission. Once again, why? How did that happen? Uh, but and Devin had to lie to her and tell her that it was for a buy more job. At this point, Chuck asks why Ellie saw or had access to his luggage. Just kidding. Chuck doesn't question this at all. <laughs> no, he, cannot he care less. Devin says that he can't keep lying to his wife. But Chuck tells him that if he tells Ellie the truth about Chuck's work with the CIA, Devin and Ellie will be put in witness protection. Chuck says that he knows that willfully lying is difficult, but he assures Devin that somewhat sadly it gets easier. Speaking of Ellie. She enters the buy more and Chuck pushes Devin down behind an aisle. Ellie approaches Chuck and says that she knows that they're adults, but she found out about Paris and doesn't understand why Chuck is keeping secrets from her. Chuck then tells her the story about the eccentric millionaire who came into the buy more to ask for help doing a home theater install in his apartment in Paris. Chuck then adds that he kept this a secret because the mysterious benefactor offered to let Chuck use the apartment for a week. And Chuck was thinking about letting Ellie and Devin use it uh, for a proper honeymoon, which I guess they never had. In between seasons two and three? Yeah, I guess not. Sarah and Casey watch this from security monitors in Castle, and Casey comments that Chuck has become quite the good liar, and Sarah has taught him well. Sarah feels responsible for corrupting Chuck and his relationship with his sister. Devin pops out from behind the aisle and asks Chuck how he could tell Ellie such a cold-blooded lie. Ellie's gone at this point, but Chuck says that they aren't kids anymore, and there are some things that Ellie is better off not knowing. So Ellie leaves, but Manoush arrives somehow. He miraculously arrives and Chuck approaches him with the briefcase. Manoush thanks Chuck and Chuck says, what are friends for? And Manoush says, we are friends. And then proceeds to tell him that when he returns from his business trip, he's going to become rich and powerful and he plans to start his own business, which Chuck will be invited to join. 
He promises Chuck that he won't forget about him. Right then, Manoush's ring phone, well, rings. So Manoush answers it and gives whoever is on the other end a very snarky response. Chuck asks who was calling him, and Manoush says that he was the people that hired him who are paying him peanuts compared to what he could be making uh, with his invention on the open market. This is concerning to Chuck, so Chuck tells Manoush to hold tight while he gets him some frozen yogurt because <laughs> Manoush shouldn't travel on an empty stomach. Manoush is, of course, an idiot, so this move works for some reason. He's got to catch a flight at LAX, but instead he's like, yeah, I'll hang on yeah, to yeah, get so. some yogurt. I also want to know, um, we see uh, some DVDs in the background, and one of the DVDs that stands out is uh, Nanny McPhee. Really? Yeah, that was something I, that I noticed in this scene. I didn't catch it. What do you think the significance of that is? Ah, uh, well, so Nanny McPhee is like a magical nanny, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, Chuck is kind of behaving kind of like a nanny for Manoush, like, mm-hmm. as, like, a handler. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's what I got so far. Chuck runs to Castle, where Casey is examining the triangle box. He's pretty confident that it's not a bomb. Chuck tells Sarah and Casey that they need to help Manoush because he's going to burn the ring, and the ring is going to uh, turn around and hurt him. Casey is apathetic, saying that Manoush is no innocent if he's building a weapon, and that he served his purpose. Assets are conduits to information, nothing more. Meanwhile, the ring has arrived at the Bymore, so Manoush tries to escape through the back door, but the ring operatives pull up in their SUVs. They tell Manoush to give them the weapon. As this is happening, Casey finds a hidden button in the triangle box and decides to push it, causing a bunch of white foam to spray out. Chuck immediately suspects that the foam is poisoned, but Casey identifies it as shaving cream. Turns out, the triangle box was a decoy. Back at the Bymore loading dock, Manoush tells the ring operatives that he will give them the weapon after he puts on his sunglasses, and they're all totally cool with it. They're like, yeah, it's bright out. Gotta put on those sunglasses, then we'll take your your your, uh, your weapons. Chuck, Sarah, and Casey watch on from a security monitor, thinking that Manoush is about to get shot. Instead, Manoush puts on his sunglasses and downloads an intersect. Similar oh, yeah, to he the does. current version of the intersect that is in Chuck's head, Manoush downloads the ability to become an expert in martial arts and uses his fighting skills to take down the ring operatives. Chuck, Sarah, and Casey watch on stunned from Castle, realizing that Manoush has built his own intersect. Manoush finished with the ring, throws his ring phone on the ground and take, just takes one of the ring's SUVs. Chuck asks how Manoush was able to do that in case he says that the ring stole the broken components of the Intersect 2.0 and had Manoush reverse engineer the software. As he's saying this, Sarah looks up Manoush's credit card statement and sees that he recently purchased a ticket to Dubai. Chuck asks what's in Dubai and Casey says it's WebCon, an annual weapons convention that Casey attends every year because he finds it very relaxing. Casey WebCon. Webcon, that's W-E-A-P hyphen con. Yep, there it is. Casey happens to have the brochure for Webcon uh, like in his hands, and he looks down on it and says, looks like I can write off this year's as a business trip. From what I understand about taxes, he could have done that every year. Like, it's it's related to his job if he's attending this conference. I don't know, he seems like it's more of like a passion thing for him. Yeah, that's true. But still, I mean, the CIA, come on. So now, Aaron, it's time for one of those classic remember the B-plot moments here on Go Chuck Yourself. <laughs> remember the B-plot where Morgan, Jeff, and Lester are trying to seduce Hannah, who now works at the Bymore? Oh, you know, now that, now that you mentioned it, I do. Morgan has since turned his supply closet into a hip bohemian shrine to Paris and the fine arts. Hannah enters his office and is impressed by his choice of classical music. She and Morgan discuss French cinema and talk about the uncultured, how uncultured the rest of the Bymore staff is. Hannah adds that she couldn't believe that Chuck hadn't been to Paris prior to the home install he did the previous week. This is news to Morgan, of course, and Morgan starts to have like a minor mental breakdown. Hannah says that she thought Morgan knew as the assistant manager and Morgan pretends that he did know, 
But then he proceeds to walk over his desk and out of the office door. Hannah asks what Morgan wanted to talk to her about, and Morgan says nothing. He exits the office and then says to himself, Paris, where else has he gone? Cut to Dubai. Dubai! We hear, we hear the sounds of the clashes rock the Casbah because that's the only fun pop song about the Middle East. Webcon. The only one. In, <laughs> I think it's the only one, right? Down in Dubai, Webcon is. Down in, in Dubai. That's another good pop song. Down in Dubai. Webcon we'll is. We'll work on it. Full swing with crowds of men walking through various displays of heavy duty weapons and artillery. There are women standing around wearing camouflage bikinis, which is an interesting choice for a convention set in the Middle East. Yeah, that, I was thinking that too. Okay, I'm glad I'm not like crazy. I was like, they would not allow this at all. In no. fact, it's crazy that Sarah is allowed to walk around in a suit. Oh, that wasn't even what I was thinking. I was thinking that uh, the camo, like that type of camo would not be applicable to like a, a desert, more arid type environment. Oh, you are crazy for thinking that. That's... <laughs> Thanks. Uh, so they're walking around this very strange convention. Chuck and Sarah follow Casey uh, around and Casey gets distracted by all of the high tech weapons, including a Japanese laser pen. But Sarah tells him that they are there to find Manoush, not to go shopping and find a Manoush. They do. Turns out Manoush is giving a big presentation on a stage in front of a sizable audience consisting of interested buyers, different generals, mercenaries. Uh, Manoush is wearing this really ill-fitting suit and he gets up and says that he has developed the next greatest weapon of the future and then he unveils this object hiding behind a, a like a little uh sheet he, he pulls the sheet off of an object and it turns out it's a mirror and he says the next greatest weapon of the future is himself that's <gasps> right manush then delivers a motivational speech about how our individuality capacity for action and a positive attitude are the greatest tools to help shape the future just kidding. He explains that he's pathetic. He's an uncoordinated loser, and he puts on the intersect glasses. He says he's 100 pounds. Do you think he's 100 pounds? No, there's no way. <laughs> okay, he just flash- checking. <laughs> he flashes and then invites someone to come up to the stage to fight him and his newly downloaded kung fu skills. The audience is skeptical of this, but Manoush provokes a small group of mercenaries who are sitting in the front row. So these scary-looking mercenaries come up to the stage and fight him, but Manoush quickly takes all of them down. And it baffles the audience, including well, okay. Chuck, Sarah, and Casey. One of the men who is fighting Manoush has a knife. So, mm-hmm. like, were they just going to kill this man who is presenting? <laughs> like, I get, like, he challenged them to fight him, not to kill him. <laughs> what is going on? I mean, he insulted them. He said that there were a bunch of, like, apes or something like that. Yeah, the other, the other question I have here is just, like, he... They don't know this man. He could just be, like, pretending to be weak, and he could be, like, a trained fighter. Like, he could just, like, pretend the glasses are doing that. They don't know. Mm-hmm. But backstage at Webcon, Manoush chows down on some nachos, which I have to say look pretty good. Casey makes to shoot him with another trank, but Chuck says Manoush is his asset, and he can convince Manoush to stop the sale. Chuck appeals to Manoush, saying that he's an agent for the CIA, and he's been tracking Manoush to stop him from selling to some very bad people. Manoush says, worse than someone who pretends to be my only friend, which like, okay, Manoush, tone it down. It's been less than a day since you met. Sarah steps out and Manoush contemns her for pretending to have intercourse with him. Chuck melts intercourse incredulously. But the whole thing, I'm like, what? Manoush is like, oh, so you're so much worse than these guys. Like, you're so yeah. much worse than like no, war they're... profiteers. Yeah, they're not worse than war criminals. They're <laughs> just like, yeah. you can't compare them. They're not on the no. same level. 
but to Manouche, they might be. Ugh. Unfortunately, the ring shows up at this point and takes Casey, Chuck, Sarah, and Manouche away at gunpoint. They lock our dynamic trio in a closet. For some reason, I noticed they put Sarah's hands behind her back, but Casey's and Chuck's in front of them. I don't really know why that is, but uh, hmm. luckily, Casey bought a laser pen back at the convention, so he asked Chuck to use his mouth to get it out of his shirt pocket. Chuck does this, almost lasering Casey in half in the process, but they eventually manage to get him out of his handcuffs and laser their way back into Webcon. The ring threatens to kill Manouche and take the glasses, so Manouche breaks them so he's no longer useless to them. At this point, Sarah and Casey emerge with their guns drawn, but the consensus seems to be that everyone would rather shoot Manouche than let the other side have him. Chuck tries to intercept this with his own laser pen, which I guess he had time to stop and buy while they were running to help Manouche, but he accidentally bought a knife pen. Fortunately, he flashes not on the knife on the pen, but on a throwing star somewhere in the distance, so he's able to throw the knife into one of the ring guy's hands, beginning a shootout. He also flashes on a nacho plate and is able to throw it at some guy who is about to shoot Sarah. Once they've won the shootout, Casey tells Chuck they can't let Manouche go. Manouche, who is standing right there, hasn't heard him say that and thanks Chuck for saving him from life in a deep, dark cell. Chuck tries to explain matters to Manouche, but Manouche appeals for his freedom and Chuck lets him walk away. As Casey and Sarah look on, though, Chuck grabs a trank gun from the middle of a demonstration and shoots Manouche in the back. So... This gun was loaded? Like, they just had, like, part of the demonstration, they were just, like, loaded this gun so it could be used? The demonstrator says, Wow, another fabulous demonstration. <laughs> Back at Castle, Sarah asks Chuck if he'd like her to handle the talk with Manouche. Chuck says he would like that, but he has to do it himself. He goes out to tell Manouche that he's being sent to a secure facility, and Manouche says, You have to help me, Chuck. I thought you were my friend. Chuck says, I'm not. I'm a spy. And in the middle of all of this, like, Casey and a bunch of dudes with guns just, like, burst in. They could have made it a little less scary. Like, you don't <laughs> have to be that weird about it. You'd be like, hey, we're here to take you away into witness yeah. protection. But instead they, like, grab him by his yeah. arms and, like, drag, drag him, him away. Back. He's like, ah! <laughs> also, Sarah is watching this happen sadly. She doesn't want Chuck to be a real heartless spy. Back at the Bymore, Chuck finally offers to show Hannah the ropes, but she, she blows him off this time, saying she knows he's been disappearing to hang out with his ex at the Orange Orange. Morgan, too, is unhappy with Chuck. They have an awkward exchange where they both know something is off, but neither of them will actually ask the question. When Chuck finally walks off, Morgan asks Jeff and Lester to spy on Chuck. Lester says, finally. And I don't know if the implication here is that like they've always wanted to spy on Chuck, or if it's like... Morgan is finally admitting that he has feelings for Chuck, which either one, I'm like, that's reasonable for them to think. I feel like Morgan's relationship to Chuck is a little bit uh, beyond beyond the realm of normal friendship, I would say. <laughs> In their apartment, Ellie excitedly tells Devin that their tickets to Paris arrive, but Devin says he forbids them to go because there might be strings attached. He storms out towards Chuck's apartment, and Ellie follows, but runs into Morgan instead. She appeals to him that something is going on with Chuck and Devin, and they agree to combine forces to find out what's going on. Casey and Sarah watch Chuck get drunk alone in his own apartment. Casey comments that it's a good thing that Chuck's becoming a true spy, and Sarah says, is it? We go back to the flashback from the beginning, where Sarah gets intel on Chuck and walks into the Bymore for the first time, saying that he'll be a piece of cake. And that's the end. That is Chuck versus the Nacho Sampler. We're that all the nachos. Oh, too bad. Maybe they've been replenished by now, considering it's been like seven years. <laughs> Maybe they've finally got enough guac to uh, make more nachos. Yeah, head to the Santa Monica Pier. Two and a half amigos. 
I like nachos as much as the next guy, but you know, would you really say that they're they're your favorite food? I feel like that's kind of a cop out. Oh, you mean that's what Manoush says? I was like, yeah. have I said that? I would believe yeah. you if you said I said that. You also, said this, and I'm finally holding you accountable, Arata. What is a calling you out of your bullshit? What is a nacho sampler? Because generally, a sampler is like a couple different appetizers, but you only get a few of them. So, mm-hmm. what's like what's a nacho sampler? A bunch of nachos, but they have different flavors on them. Like I maybe guess you have some cheese nachos. Maybe you have some like beef nachos, chicken. You can't eat nachos. I know. I was just thinking about it. I mean, you could probably eat the chips because they're like, are you allergic to corn? Uh, no, I'm not allergic to corn. Okay, so you could probably eat the chips. Yeah, I could eat the cheese too if I had my dairy pills with me. <laughs> Great. Yeah, so that's that episode. Um, another, I know we noted Nanny McPhee, but an eagle-eyed viewer on IMDb, I believe, says that the season five DVD um, of Smallville can be seen. On one of ah. the racks when uh, Manush and Chuck are talking. So oh, weird. That's that's weird considering um, Kristen Kruick plays Lang and Lang. So uh, I believe it was Alan Sepinwall in his review um, brought up a good question that I wanted to pose to you here. So I'm just going to read it directly, but this is his quote. So wait, um, are you asking me a question or is Alan Sepinwall asking me a question from beyond the grave? I don't know if he's dead, but see, I don't think he's dead. OK, I so don't... this is you asking me a question. This is me asking you a question that he first posed. But now so I am asking you. He has possessed you as a ghost. And now you are. I'm talking to Alan Sepinwall right you now. You know who else has like kind of like possession of abil- abilities? Uh, who? Scott Dracula. <laughs> he's here. No. Um, so he is the one asking this question, in fact. Okay, great. Scott Dracula, thank you for being here. You're welcome, Chris. Since General Beckman found out that Devin knows Chuck's secret in the Operation Awesome, if not before that, and is still letting him roam free, why is Chuck so terrified that if Ellie finds out, they might go into witness protection? So that's a good question. That's a good question. Because, like, Devin hasn't had to. So, like, if one more person finds out... I don't know. That's it's a good question. I don't have an answer. I just wanted to pose it for you and our our listeners. Yeah, it's a, just a, a wee bit of a plot hole there. Yes. Then my last point I wanted to bring up is that Manoush is played by Fahim Anwar, who is a comedian. Um, he has a lot of Comedy Central credits and specials. Um, Alan Sevenwall noted that in real life he is an aerospace engineer by day and a stand-up comic by night. I don't know if that still applies um, in the year 2020, but I will say that Chuck seems to have been his first acting role. Um, He had been a comedian and he notes in an interview that he had worked with Scott Krinsky on the L.A. stand up scene before. But this was his first like role auditioning for and acting in. Hmm. Um, There's a really good interview with him that is on ChuckTV.net. Um, I wanted to highlight my my the most interesting part. Um, they talk about the scene with Ivan Strahovski, um, like the the kind of like sensual makeout scene. Um, but I wanted to give this little um, this little bit of information. So um, he says, funny tidbit about the bedroom scene, though. When Ivan came into the room, she had onions looped through her hoop earrings to make me think that she reeked of terrible body odor. She found this quite amusing. That's a little, that's some insight into Ivan Strahovski's sense of humor, I guess. <laughs> just wanting to make herself smell really bad. Alrighty. So there you go. I just, <laughs> I just thought uh, you needed to know that. 
And now I have to present to you the greatest weapon of the future. It's called Chuck Mary Kill, and it's <gasps> the part of the show where we identify one part of this episode that we want to marry because we liked it, one part of this episode that we would like to kill because we did not like it. We did not like it. Uh, Aaron, what would you like to marry? So I really liked the guy who seems to be running the webcon convention. Mm -hmm. um, he was very chipper and he just seems like he rolls with the punches like he witnesses an actual shootout standoff and he's like look at this demonstration and then when Chuck shoots the gun he's just like woohoo like I I liked him um, I think like he didn't make any sense at all and it didn't really make sense why he kept playing things off as demonstrations if it was like he actually thought they were or if he was like just trying to keep everybody calm but mm -hmm. I really liked his vibe, so I'll I'll marry him. I don't know how long our marriage will last, but I'll I'll make I'll I'll wed him. What about you? Uh, my Mary is I like the moment when Devin tries to justify not going to Paris by citing their wedding vows and saying that he forbids them from going. Oh, really? As <laughs> as her husband, and Ellie gets upset about having her husband say that he quote forbids her to do something, mm -hmm. which is admittedly a crazy thing to say. I yeah. just. Uh, I don't see a situation where saying I forbid you to do this will ever work out in that kind of situation. No, probably not. No, I just thought it was funny because it was a very it was a stretch. He was yeah. he was grab, grasping at straws and reasons for to not. Yeah, go to you could definitely see him like struggling in that situation. So for my kill, I would say it's kind of a tie between the concept of webcon. Like, I'm sure this kind of thing exists in the world, mm -hmm. but uh, it's I wish it didn't. So I'm just going to strike that. Um, and then just like, again, the the Jeff and Lester plotline of them being creepy to a woman is just like, we've seen that so many times. And like, I, I like Hannah and I like what she's going to bring to the show potentially. But I just like, I don't know, Morgan could have a crush on her. Even they could have a crush on her. But like, we've seen this so many times. So first of all, it's boring. And second of all, it's just like, it's always creepy and it's always weird. And it's not like charming in any way. It's not mm -hmm. like... Once again, it's not them being like, oh, these men are so nerdy and so bad at interacting with women. It's just like they are behaving like sexual predators and it's like not good. So mm. I I didn't like seeing that. And especially like I was so disappointed because like I really have been like I liked Morgan so much. But then when we see him like, I mean, not so much, but like I liked him a little bit. Um, <laughs> and that was an improvement. But then like as soon as they add like romance to the mix then he starts being weird and i don't like that yeah i wish that was better what about you uh my my wish for my kill is that uh i wish that the ring killed manoush when they had the chance <laughs> <laughs> what i mean by this is that i think manoush is annoying uh <laughs> and what i mean by that is that i don't think that manoush was likable enough as a character for us to for us as an audience to understand why chuck has such a difficult time burning him mm -hmm. Because we're supposed to believe that Chuck sees himself in Manoush or feels like he's a friend to Manoush. But Manoush is so self-centered and annoying and just like vapid that it doesn't really resemble Chuck at all. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it could have been a more powerful device or more powerful episode uh, if the Manoush character really was like more of a mirror image of young Chuck circa season one if they had like yeah. more similarities because then it would be like oh chuck is really making an effort to like he's really not the person that he was he's changed a lot and using that as a a benchmarker for that kind of thing yeah but i think yeah Manish i was think just that, really annoying yeah 
I think that's valid because I think like the thing that makes that difficult is like young Chuck probably wouldn't be like selling his weapon at a weapons convention in Dubai. So like they would have to change that. But I totally agree. Like it would be like because Manoush kind of sucked. So like I felt bad for Chuck because clearly like Chuck is a good person and he doesn't want to like burn anybody. But Mm -hmm. like I didn't really feel that bad for Manoush because he was just kind of like he kind of sucked. Yeah. When they were taking him away, I was like, okay good bye and right, I feel bye. Bad. like yeah oh no i was like yep good and like Please if leave. he like even they could have made that better like if he talked about like if he had like a sister too or something like if he talked about his family because i was like what's the mm. like because he's like oh i just want to go home but i just like he says chuck's his only friend so he doesn't have any friends and like what's he like what's really changing about his life like if we if he was just likable in some way or he had some more stakes this would have been more powerful mm-hmm think you needed a humanizing element yes other than have being awkward with women which this show seems to use as like shorthand sometimes so they talk a lot in this episode about going to get yogurt there's a lot of reference to the orange orange but before mm-hmm. that that establishment was an orange orange it was the wienerlicious oh i miss the wienerlicious uh, and who worked at the wienerlicious chris there's a gentleman named scooter that <gasps> managed Rest the wienerlicious and uh he's long since passed but he's in our hearts forever i wish his ghost would possess me am i right (laughs) so uh this is to say that we have a ranking system here on a scale of zero to five corn dogs how many corn dogs would we rate this episode aaron how many corn dogs you you feel i'm like handing out today um i i guess i'm gonna go with uh 2.75 corn dogs two two and three quarters sure um I think that uh, we again, we forgot to mention it, but this is still the season of Aaron that is mm-hmm. still happening. Yeah. Um, but this was the first episode in the season of Aaron that I felt a little bit iffy on. Like, I know we talked about um, the Trek versus the first class, how like it a lot of it was nonsensical. This episode like made a lot more sense, more or less. <laughs> um, but I think that. It was just a little bit less charming. Um, I liked what it was going for. Like it, a lot of its points for me are like the comparison to of like Chuck and Sarah's relationship, Chuck and like Chuck versus uh, Manoush, like Chuck versus his past self. Like those are all interesting. Um, I also th- thought that Devin's um, like PTSD symptoms are pretty believable. Um, but I think that. I felt like this episode didn't have a lot of room to breathe. Like, I don't, they didn't have to go to Dubai. Like, I don't know why they keep, like, I guess the stakes are supposed to be higher because Chuck is now a real spy. But I also, like, don't know why they have a a lower budget than they've ever had before and they are going to more foreign countries than they've ever been before. Like, I don't, I don't know why uh, the writers of the show has decided to do that. But yeah, I just had less of a fun time watching this episode than I have with the other episodes this season. Mm -hmm. And I didn't not like it, but it was just like not a standout for me. So it's more a little better than exactly middle of the road. What about you? I would I would agree with all of that. I would give it a 2.5. Okay. Uh, I like the idea that Chuck and Sarah are having this moment of reflection about how far they've come since season Mm -hmm. one, episode one. Mm -hmm. But as I said, I think Manoush is annoying. Uh, there was a lot of different stuff that made me scratch my head in this Mm -hmm. episode, like Ellie finding Chuck's luggage. Yes. And no one thinking that's weird. Yeah. Uh, Webcon being held in Dubai, like you said, was kind of odd because it felt like 
besides the cultural things of being like this is not how this would look and yeah. like this it just felt like i'm like why couldn't this just be held in america or it could easily in be in Los LA Angeles. or even anaheim like yeah. yeah and still have the same people there you know yeah. i get that dubai is associated with wealth and perhaps like i don't know other things but uh <laughs> hannah working at the buy more was also a weird element of just being like why is this happening yeah uh I really like that Elliot and Morgan are coming around to realizing that Chuck is hiding something from them. Yes. I like that they are also forming an alliance now. I think that was interesting. So I feel like this was kind of a forgettable episode, but I'm interested to see where we go from here. Yes, I agree. Good. So, Chris, where do we go from here? Well, I hope that you will leave the closet at some point. And that <laughs> is not I'm not speaking figuratively, Aaron, if I. Of course, if you feel that you are in a mental closet of any kind, whether it's, you know, whatever, I hope that you feel comfortable coming out of that mental closet. Thank you. What I I was referring to is that I hope that you are able to physically leave the literal closet that you are sitting in right now. I I do, too. I will. I will at least make an effort to once this call has ended. Because I have been counting the number of chips that you've been eating throughout this episode. And I think your bag's probably almost empty. And I think that's your only food supply in there. Yes, you're right. Um, that is true. And I do need to uh, venture out and find some more. I, I certainly hope there's some guac left in the city of Los Angeles and the CIA hasn't taken it all. Well, I think it's time for Aaron to leave the closet. I'm not going to explain that again, <laughs> uh, but uh, I will. I'm not in a closet, so who knows what I'm going to do? I do know what I am going to do, though. I will be seeing you next week for another episode of Go Check Yourself. And by seeing you, I will explain that because I, although I cannot physically see you, I, I we see your presence alluding to the idea that someone is listening to this. And, uh, <laughs> Thanks for explaining that. You're welcome. I'm going to stop explaining things because I sound like a real jackass right now. So I'm going to sign off telling you that my name is Chris Gillespie, reminding you that food is sexy. My name is Aaron Arana. <laughs> Anything is possible. You wearing that that thing glove this entire time? Yeah. Wow. Truly, truly a special episode here. We uh, we'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening. As always, a big thanks to the artist Hadakoa and the fine folks at freemusicarchive.org for providing us with our theme song, Warm Up. If you want to drop us a line, you can reach us at gocheckyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Go Check Yourself on your preferred podcast platform. New episodes come out every Monday morning and you do not want to miss a new episode. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.